you should know right off the bat. I've had four cups of coffee. I'm a little nervous. Did I mention my name's Chadi? Yeah. Oh, this is a creative church podcast, and, well, you should know that uh, I cry in corners. True story. Hey fam, welcome to episode 22 of I Crying Corners. Uh, last week we kicked off season three. Can I just say I'm at a total loss as it was our largest launch ever. So thank you to all 1500 plus of you that listened to it in the first few days. I am like a total shock to be quite honest with you, but I'm excited about the momentum. I'm excited about this season. I'm excited about what God is doing, not only through I Crying Corners, but through Creative Church. So I just want to say thank you so much to everyone that is on this journey with me. And if this is your first time, um, make sure you go back and listen to uh, episode one of season three. Um, and if you are on a plane or really bored, go back and listen to season one and two as they are foundational and essential to the building blocks of I Crying Corners. Anyways, okay, so last week we started off season three by defining what is a thing. You know, a thing, the thing that you should really put your energy and focus into, and my hope is you had a super honest convo with yourself when you defined these things for yourself. The why behind last week's episode was because if you can't define what an actual thing is, you know, like a real world issue, like a your world issue, you'll give it way more importance than it actually is. And if you can't position your focus towards the kingdom, then your thought life will be all kinds of jacked up. (laughs) Let me explain. The goal of this whole Christian life, we know this, is to be, to live, to love with a focus on Jesus, as we are meant to be Jesus in this world. Yep, but when your heart and all you are is focused not on Jesus, what happens is uh, you don't love in the same manner. You're not consistent in the same manner. You don't persevere in the same manner. And the goal is, and where I want to land today, is to shift our focus to more of a Jesus focus because Jesus loved and he was consistent and he persevered and he went through things that other people... Um, that he, Oh man, other people just didn't succeed at, Jesus succeeded at. And, um, and one of those things is perseverance. See, perseverance is not sexy, especially when you live in a thank you next type society where everything moving on is glorified and uh, holding on is looked upon as needy. Um, but I want to talk about perseverance because I think, to be quite honest with you, there's something that has been bothering me to the core, the things that are also not a thing. Uh, today, we're going to talk about quitting. Quitting is not a, it's not a thing. It's, it's not a thing that fixes things. It's just not a thing. I know everybody, uh, all these, uh, I see it all the time. It's like an epidemic. Quitting is like an Olympic sport at this point. People quit jobs. uh, They quit people. uh, They quit relationships. They quit uh, circumstances, anything and everything quitting. It's like a thing, but it's not a thing. And they quit because uh, whatever it is that they're facing has become uncomfortable or it didn't meet their expectations. Think about it. Think of the things that you've quit. They were uncomfortable or they didn't meet your expectations. But God never meant for us to live an easy life, nor is he out here trying to meet our earthly expectations. He's called us to live a life that perseveres, a life that loves the unlovable, that perceives things through an eternal perspective, and you can't do that if you're a quitter. Look, how do I say this? Not all life is meant to be comfortable. It's not meant to be comfortable. God never said it would be easy, but he did say he'd be with us. And that's why understanding kingdom problems versus my world problems is so important. If you missed last week, please go back. I'm serious. Go listen to it. It's needed. You don't have to, but I suggest it. 
because I'm going to talk about a thing, a thing that's not really a thing and you won't get it if you don't listen to the last one. Anyways, I'm not saying that quitting unhealthy situations or letting go of toxic relationships aren't God things. I'm just saying most of the time, how do I say this? I'm just saying most of the time because of the culture we live in, we trade things in instead of experiencing the character building longevity difficulty can bring. Uh, we trade things in instead of experiencing the character building longevity difficulty can bring. You know, I'm looking at 15 years. This month, it'll be 15 years I've been married to my husband. I've known him since I was 14 years old. We've been best friends since we were 14. And uh, we'll be 38 this year. So I've actually been with him longer than we've been apart. And it hasn't always been easy. But it's been worth it because what we've learned through the difficulty has built us up as people. Look, think about it. Everything in this world, everything, the way we function, everything is instant. It's unfollowable. It's, it's thank you next. Relationships are digital. They're not even real anymore. You don't even have to have real conversations. Real conflict isn't even real. You never even have to walk out or work through anything because you can just send a text or a LOL or one of those faces things and all is well, right? Wrong. Now, nowadays we can just quit jobs and people and circumstances and most of the times without nothing truly worked out, walked out, worked through. And it's like everyone is scared of each other. So we just quit each other. It's like we can't even have conflict or have an actual conversation or put ourselves in a circumstance that'll be uneasy. I mean, just think of the way the world is right now. We can't even have a conversation about politics without one of us being a racist and the other one being a communist. We've swung so right, we've swung so left that we can't even love each other in the middle. It makes me sad in a way that I can't talk about. Maybe that's why I want to talk about quitting because it frustrates me. So I want to attack this problem face on. I'm just going to be real honest. Quitting is the enemy's way of making us victims when really we're meant to be victors. Quitting is the enemy's way of making us victims when we're really meant to be victors. Again, I'm not saying that you don't quit abusive situations. I'm not saying um, that you don't persevere uh, through uncomfortable ones. What I'm saying is that sometimes you just need to press through. My prayer is that you'll hear all I'm about to say with a filter of love. Uh, you that have been with me for a while know that I'm, I'm, I'm not going to explain anything or say anything that I'm not currently walking through or that I haven't walked through myself. I'm sharing these things because most of the time in life and in love and in the kingdom, quitting won't fix it. So let's dive into what will fix it. Perseverance is what will fix it. And how you doing, do it correctly is what will fix it. Because perseverance is a game changer. It determines our influence and the way our impact is perceived. Again, I'm not saying, I feel like I have to say this again. I'm not saying don't leave toxic things, but most of the things we deal with that we say are toxic are not. Most of the things we view as against us is really building us up. So let's focus on Jesus and learn from his life because he's really the only person who's done this right. Jesus. So I looked at the life of Jesus and I realized this. Have you ever noticed how everyone wants to have the power of Jesus, but no one seems to want uh, what it takes to gain the character to maintain it. That's why he was able to persevere, because he had the character to maintain the power in which he walked in. Everyone wants the glory, but nobody wants the cross. Everybody wants to get in the hard stuff, but nobody wants to have to actually persevere through it. And if our life goal is to make Jesus famous, which is my life goal, my life is for people to see God, to experience Jesus in a way that moves them towards um, freedom, wholeness, peace, 
joy. That's the goal, to love and serve in such a way that others experience Jesus. And the only way we can do that is by being people of perseverance. There's a quote I love from one of my favorite authors. His name is A.W. Tozer. I know that God has put in his son, Jesus Christ, all I need now and forever. And I have it up and one of my best friends put it up. She got it for me for my birthday. I have it in my office and I look at it all the time. It says, I know that God has put in his son, Jesus Christ. And in moments where I'm overwhelmed, where I feel like I cannot go on, I'm reminded that it is in Jesus Christ, all I need now and forever to be able to push things forward. So if that's the truth, right? So if that's how we persevere, if all we need is the character of Jesus Christ, today I'm going to give you three things you need in your life consistently that will keep you persevering when life sucks and the life at the end of the tunnel seems far. If you want to be a person who truly knows how to persevere, who isn't known for always bowing out, these are the three things you need. Write it down. Ready? I need you to embrace hiddenness. I'm going to explain this. Embrace the wilderness and embrace the cross. I want you to write it down, okay? Put it on your phones, put it on your journal, put it on a little post-it in your office. I want you to embrace hiddenness, embrace the wilderness, and embrace the cross. These are things I'm telling you that I have walked through that I'm going to break down right now. My hope is that you get it, that you get it in your bones, because I'm telling you, if you can get these three things, it's going to change the way you push through. It's going to change the way you push through. Okay, so embracing hiddenness. Also, there's a book on this. Um, it doesn't. It's it's so much better than anything I'm going to say. It's uh, by Alicia Britt Jolie. It's called Anonymous. Go get it. It's amazing. Um, but it talks about hiddenness and embracing hidden seasons. Jesus embraced hidden seasons. How many? Like thirty something. Jesus, his his ministry wasn't even like. Till his 30s, homie was hidden for years upon years and years. Chatty, what are you trying to say? The spotlight doesn't build you up. Hiddenness does. We're in a society that's constantly trying to give you a voice and a light when really you just need to be quiet. We just need to listen to each other. We just need to be okay with living in the shade sometimes and stop trying to be in the sun. So if you're in a season where you have zero platform and you feel hidden, I want to encourage you. You're in the best season ever. The best season ever. This is the season where God is building you up. He is building up your character. People who understand hiddenness and who can embrace hiddenness, they actually thrive when they have solitude and when they take breaks. And when you think of the life of Jesus, he used to do this all the time. He would just get away. That's what this whole like crying corners thing is built on. And in those seasons of character building, it's like winter. It's like you're wondering where all your fruit is and you're kind of pissed off that you're hidden. But the truth is, is God's not here to make you build your fruit. He's here to build your character. I think sometimes hidden seasons feel like winter. They're cold and they're barren. But the truth is, what's left of you is like a tree. I'm serious. Go read that book. It'll help you. If you want to be a person who perseveres, then be okay with hidden seasons. If you're, look, here's another part of it. If you're a person who's in a season where everyone is seeing you, know this. Jesus left his homies alone so he could get alone and pray and seek God when, and you should be able to do that too. So you should be actually um, embracing hiddenness in a, in a different way. So some of you are need to embrace hiddenness like, look, you're in a season where not you're not really getting maybe the, the credit that you think you deserve or your platform's not really, you know, whatever. There's an, those, there's other, the other people on the other side of that is they actually have to strive for hiddenness. They actually have to work for hiddenness. They actually have to take time to go away. 
I've come to realize the more successful this all becomes, uh, my platform, this visibility, it doesn't make it easier for me to persevere. It actually makes me want to persevere out of fear of no longer being successful. I know that's a really honest moment, but because I realized this years ago, I realized that when I become successful, I tend to want to just like become a recluse. I set some boundaries. I set some things around myself that allow me to, um, I don't know, strive for hiddenness because I know the strength that hiddenness brings. So what I do is I do these episodes in tens. I do them in seasons. I do them so I can take a break, so I can live my life, so I can go away and seek God and hang out with my husband and get filled up. I, I do this so that I can persevere for the long run. I give myself time to process and pray and seek Jesus. And during this last break in between seasons, I actually needed that time off as my grandfather tragically passed away and I've spent so many weeks sick with pneumonia and and if I hadn't sent that time aside if I hadn't understood the importance of hiddenness I'm not quite sure I would have survived these last 60 days so ask yourself are you scared of going offline are you scared of getting off the internet are you scared of people not seeing your youtube or whatever it is that you do or you're, you're or you're not able to be creative or whatever that it is if your answer is yes then maybe hiddenness actually is your next step My friends, you cannot be successful in the limelight if you can't embrace the shade. Practically speaking, this is what it looks like. Be quiet. Listen. Take a step back. Don't get frustrated when your ideas aren't the ones being utilized or you aren't the favorite. Focus on being faithful and focus on learning everything you can so when the shade shifts and you're in the spotlight, you'll actually have the character needed to sustain the season that you're perceiving and that you're actually in. Plus, I feel like when people understand hiddenness, they eventually are okay with seeking it out because they understand the power and strength it has and what it builds up in us. And if you're hidden in your work or in your life, If you find yourself in a season where you feel hidden in your work or your life and you want to quit because you feel like you earned something else or you feel like you deserve the spotlight or whatever that is, you might even be one of those people that's like, I want to be the big fish in a smaller pond. I want to say this, just hear my heart. If you do that, if you leave, if you quit, what's going to happen is you are going to step into something that you were never built for. That means if let's say you're a big fish in a small pond, right? You step into that small pond and what it means is one day you're going to outgrow it because you were never meant for the small pond. Sometimes God puts you in big situations so he can build you up. Stay put. Be faithful. (laughs) I wrote this down, but it's true. If you're in a crappy situation, stay there. The grass is greener where the poop is. And sometimes I feel like people are like, it smells here. I don't want to be here, Jesus. But you know what? Jesus didn't want to like, Jesus wasn't like, I'm so looking forward to the cross. That's going to be fun, guys. No, man, it sucked. Some of the best things in the world suck. You have the best, the best, the best results, guys. Just because you're in a situation that sucks doesn't mean it's not God. So if you're in hiddenness, if you find yourself in hiddenness or you're in need of hiddenness, embrace it because it's what builds us up. The second thing, okay, embracing the wilderness. I love talking about the wilderness as I'm a firm believer that our entire life from here to eternity will be the wilderness. 
You know, we were meant to be garden people and then sin came into the world and now we're wilderness people. And Jesus was not afraid to walk out the spotlight of his baptism and into the desert. I love that story. I always think of when I think about the wilderness and I think about Jesus, like this dude had this epic moment, this spotlight moment, this non-hidden moment where he was, they literally was like, this is my son. Dove comes down from the, I mean, it's gangster. And then he's like, okay, now I need you to go into the desert. I remember thinking how unfair that was the first couple times I read it. And the truth is everyone and their mother are scared to perceive the wilderness as anything else. All, all they see it is scary. But really, when you look at Jesus and the way that he walked into the wilderness with such gumption, it's in the wilderness where God does the most work on our character and our grit. It's where he teaches us how to hear him. I've written an entire book on the subject, so I'm not going to go on a tangent. But I will say this. Until I can unpack the importance of embracing a nomadic existence this summer, which I hope I can release it by the end of the year, I'll just say this. Nomads... That's who we're meant to be. Nomads, people who frequent the desert, people who understand the wilderness, people who know where the watering holes are, people who know where the dangerous trenches are, people who know where the quicksand are. That's who we're meant to be. So when I tell you to embrace the wilderness, you're doing this not just for you, but you're doing it because the the wilderness is full of broken people. And then God needs people to know who to, how to survive harsh storms, how to uh, survive lack of sustenance. God needs people in the wilderness that know how to survive. And that's why he puts us there to continue to teach us. And in this world, this world that we're currently living in, the watering holes are drying up. The storms are longer. They're severe. And what the world is feeding on, my friends, is toxic. So this is me encouraging you. Don't be scared of a season where God is walking you through what feels like a dust or wilderness, where you feel alone, where you feel like... Uh, you don't know what's going on. God has you there because he's trying to teach you to be the bare grills of the wilderness because one day you will be one of those people who others are now looking to to see how to survive the world. Chadi, I didn't, I didn't really sign up for the wilderness. I'm more of a beach person. <laughs> Chadi, I didn't really sign up for the wilderness. I, I'm more of a mountain. I dig the mountains. Great. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, beaches have no um, <clears throat> actual foundation and um, mountains are just for perspective, guys. People are in the wilderness. Fruit is in the wilderness. People are in the wilderness. We're meant to be in the wilderness. That's what you're meant to be. I know the other ones are more scenic, but they're meant for perspective. They're meant for breaks. They're not meant for foundations. I love the story of John the Baptist. He's like my one of my favorite people, if not my favorite person in the Bible next to Jesus, because he was a super G in the wilderness. John the Baptist found sustenance, security, and purpose in the wilderness. So don't let your current location dictate your impact. God has you there for a reason. Embrace the hard seasons. Embrace the seasons that you feel alone. And if you're in the wilderness, in your work or in your life, and you're wanting to quit because you didn't sign up for the valley and you're more of a beach person or you're more of a mountain person, know that Jesus, Jesus was a wilderness person. Jesus was a wilderness person. And the call on your life is to be more like Jesus that's, that's what you're called to. You're called to be Jesus in a dark world. And people are in the muck and mire of the valley, so be like Jesus. Get in the dust. Learn all you can. Keep pressing forward. Quick recap, because I feel like I've, I'm going fast and I'm giving you a lot of stuff. Quitting isn't a thing if it means you can't persevere through hard things. I'm not saying stay in bad relationships, because a real strength knows when to let go. What I'm saying is that you need to have a Jesus perspective if you want to live a life that knows how to persevere. I'm talking about the type of perseverance that embraces seasons where you have no limelight. 
the type of perseverance that uh, embraces seasons where you're covered in the dust. And thirdly, the kind of perseverance that embraces the cross. Did you know that uh, in the Greek, passion and suffering mean the same thing? So what you actually have a passion for, you will ultimately experience some kind of suffering for. And in Matthew 10, if you're a Bible person and you're like, Chadi, where are you getting half of this stuff from? I get it from the Bible, okay? In Matthew 10, Jesus sends out his 12, his homies, and he sends them out <clears throat> uh, with uh, minimal direction, context, details about their job and provision. He gives them some words to say. To be honest with you, it wasn't pretty, but it was a send-off. Jesus knew that if they couldn't survive and persevere with uh, him telling him sending them off with him on earth, they definitely wouldn't succeed or persevere when he was gone. They'd have to pick up the cross just like he picked up the cross. They'd have to pick up the gospel just like he picked up the gospel. They'd have to walk through things and be told things and be assumed. All the things that he was going to have to walk, they were going to have to walk through. And so he was pushing them along so that they would be able to walk these things out. Jesus then, after chapter 10, spends 15 chapters teaching them how to share the gospel, survive losing people they love, uh, oh my gosh, how to fight injustice, how to serve, how to love. Pretty much the next 15 chapters are, this is how you embrace hiddenness, this is how you embrace the wilderness, and then in the last five chapters, it shows them how to sacrifice. In the last five chapters, he shows the greatest form of loving and persevering. He shows them the cross. You can't have the glory of eternity without the ugliness of the cross. That's why you got to embrace the cross. The most beautiful, perfect thing that ever happened was Jesus dying on the cross. It was messy. It was unfair. He should have quit. He had every right to quit. We suck. We're not good people. And yet he loved us. He loved us before we loved him. And he sacrificed and the sacrifice changed everything everything. So it was so important that the disciples understood that embracing the cross meant it it changes everything. It's one thing to embrace hiddenness as it builds your character. It's another thing to embrace wilderness as it teaches you what your purpose is. But embracing the cross, it changes everything. Chadi, what does that mean practically? It means never lose sight of the bigger picture. If you're embracing your cross, you will never lose sight of the bigger picture as Jesus always knew that the cross would suck. But he never lost focus of who God was and who he was and what his purpose was. And the suckage didn't overshadow the kingdom. That's not a... I, I can't believe I just said that. But it's true. If you don't know how to... Oh my gosh, if you don't know how to press through, guys, or you don't understand what that means, go back and listen to episode 20, because the truth is, if you don't know who God is, and you don't know who you are, and you don't know what your purpose is, you won't survive. But Jesus was able to have this understanding, this kingdom understanding, that once it came down to push and shove, and he had to embrace the cross, he knew how to do it. He knew how to do it. So, if you sense that you're having to carry your cross sacrificing some hard stuff in work or life or you're wanting to quit because of it don't don't quit whatever that cross is attached to has an eternal impact that will give you a kingdom influence and after all the more you are filled to the brim with the kingdom perspective the more jesus you'll give people and that's the goal so embrace the cross embrace all that jesus did all the sacrifice all the things that don't that are hard 
Because the reality is, is those things are building you up. Those things are teaching you how to persevere. Those things are pushing you forward to teaching you how to sacrifice. And that's the win. Quitting won't fix it, but Jesus can. And the only way Jesus can is if you let him. So keep going. Press on. Look, I know. Quitting may seem like the right choice, but if you know God is leading you to persevere through whatever hardship you are facing in your life and in your work, then you'll learn how to sacrifice through embracing hiddenness, embracing the wilderness, and embracing the cross. That's what we're called to do, guys, to sacrifice all that we are for the kingdom, for his purpose. Quitting won't fix it. Keep your head up. You've got this. I know it seems difficult, but you know what? Ah, if Jesus can do it, we can do it, right? Because we have him. And the, the truth is that uh, God has put in his son, Jesus Christ, all we need now and forever. So that's all I got, guys. I love you. Don't quit. Quitting sucks. Persevere. You've got this. I believe in you. Love you, weirdos.